Brooklyn's Radio brings you City Update with Ian Pritchard. Hello City Update fans. For one week only, I've got a surprise for you. A surprise, you ask? What can that be? Well, unexpectedly, Lee Humphreys, your financial markets guru, can't join you today. But fear not. Instead, I thought we'd take a look at things financial in your Brooklyn's Radio area. And who better to know what's occurring than the dynamic Chief Executive Officer of Surrey Chambers of Commerce. Yes, listener, it's none other than Louise Punter. And with any luck, she may just be on the line now. Let's see. Hello, Louise. Hello, Ian. Now, Louise, thanks so much for taking time out to chat to our listeners on Brooklyn's Radio. You're a busy woman. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) OK, well, let's crack on. Chambers of Commerce worldwide came into being very many years ago. The, the name to some sounds quite archaic, but I know it's anything other than that. I mean, yours is a modern, vibrant organization, gives a strong voice to many hundreds of Surrey businesses. So first of all, in a nutshell, for someone simple like me, let's say me, what does it do in normal times? Well, Surrey Chambers champions the success of Surrey businesses And we do that by connecting them to opportunities, promoting them and the products and services that they provide, supporting them with help and advice, and then representing them to the local government and to national government to make sure that the business voice is heard in any policy decisions that are made. Well, in in COVID times, that sounds quite important. What have you been doing to help businesses there and influence government? Well, yes, the representation side has uh, become the main part of our work in the last 11 to 12 weeks. In fact, we've been on calls every single morning uh, alongside our colleagues around the country and other chambers of commerce and with our British Chambers uh, team up in London. And we've been feeding through real examples of what's happening to businesses on the ground. And those examples have been carried through to the government departments and have been responsible, really, for influencing a lot of the policy decisions that have been made. Uh, well, the furlough scheme, scheme won't go on forever, but it's, that's been quite successful. Do you think you've had any input to make that work? Absolutely. Um, that really was a, a, came together by a number of conversations uh, from the chambers with the government. My only regret on that was that we really wanted that flexibility at the beginning, and that was what we were fighting for all the way through. Um, so fortunately, that is now coming into place from July. But I think if we could have had the flexibility, that would have been, you know, 120%. I think we only got the 100% on that one. Okay, and there have been some hitches with the business loans from banks, hasn't there? Yes, when they were first launched, I I don't really think the banks quite understood how they needed to uh, broach the the loans. They they continued asking businesses to uh, back up the loans with their own properties and all that kind of thing, which was supposed to have been, you know, pushed aside for this very unusual circumstances. So the loans were taking a long time to get through. Uh, People were really struggling because what was really needed right at the very beginning was cash. People needed actual money on the ground to pay salaries, to pay bills that were, you know, needing to be uh, paid off from previous work. So cash was the king. And what the banks um, didn't manage to do right at the very beginning was get that money straight out there. But they did then come along with bounce-back loans, which were much quicker, easier. Obviously, they weren't very large amounts because that, that would be quite difficult to, to manage, but they were very quick and easy where I, I was speaking to one business. He phoned up one day, talked to his bank, filled in a very small application form, 
And by the end of play the following day, the money, I think it was about £20,000, was in his bank, ready to use. Oh, so, that's, so that, that was a turnaround on that. Yeah, excellent. Good. Now, you kindly emailed me the results of a survey you conducted with your members across Surrey. I've got it here in front of me. Now, lockdown restrictions have eased a little since then, and I, I think you're going to do another survey. But for the 500 or so businesses who responded, it's not a pretty picture, is it? It really isn't. I mean, we were seeing nearly 60% businesses saying that they were actually going to be furloughing their staff. Um, and in fact, uh, 30% of them were furloughing 50% or more of their staff. So actually, uh, almost their whole teams. This this is such a bad sign because although the furlough scheme has been fantastic, because there have been so many businesses needing to furlough their staff, one can only think that going forward, is that going to be a short-term thing or are we going to see a lot of redundancies out of it? Yeah, no, and, you know, small businesses, I believe, you, you'll know this, small businesses, I think, account for half of the UK workforce. So it's uh, massive, isn't it? It is massive. And in fact, they account for about 90% of the number of businesses. So, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of organisations. In Surrey, we have 65,000 businesses. And of those 65,000, uh, 55 are 10 employees or below. So, you know, we, we, are, we are a country of small businesses, and in Surrey, we, we replicate that. Yeah, and uh, you've also uh, heard that some companies have fallen through the net, haven't they? Particularly, uh, when I say the net, the support net, um, particularly ones that have just started up. Yes, it has been difficult because in order for a self-employed person, which is effectively when someone's first starting up, you know, how they would be um, titled, um, the way that they were, were able to get uh, some money was to show the, their uh, income from the last three years. So, of course, if they only started up in the last year, then they were going to really struggle. The government did say that as long as there was one year's amount of money showing uh, income, they would, they would honour that. But, of course, if you happened to start a business up six, eight, nine months ago, then, then you fell through the cracks. And that has been, you know, that's a lot of businesses. Surrey is a very vibrant economy, and there are always lots of businesses starting up. So that, that did affect quite a large number. Okay, well, that's uh, depressing. So uh, we've talked about uh, companies falling through the net. Um, I believe there's some issue with companies that don't actually own their own premises. Is that correct, something like that? Well, it's really where businesses don't actually pay uh, business rates. And the reason they don't pay business rates is that they will pay a rental to a landlord and built within that rental will be a sum of money that would go to the local authority for the business rates. But because it's the landlord that's paying the business rates, the business themselves won't be registered with the local authority. So when this all kicked off, the local authority was giving out grants to all of the business rate payers uh, that were below a certain level. So all the very small businesses that were paying business rates or, or actually were uh, um, eligible for paying business rates, uh, but they already had a discount on them, but they just automatically got a grant of £10,000. So all of the businesses that were within landlord premises 
were left out. But there has been some discretionary funding come through just recently so that local authorities can actually give some of this money to those small businesses. So it's really important that they go onto their local authorities' website and click through and find out what they need to do. It's not onerous. They really only have to fill in a small form and they will actually get some money. So we're really encouraging businesses to take a look and make sure that they're not missing out. Yeah, that's uh, that's good advice. And perhaps some of these businesses just starting up in uh, serviced um, accommodation perhaps aren't members of your organisation, so they're perhaps hearing about this for the first time. Yes, well, they're all welcome to join. We <laughs> welcome every single member to the Surrey Chambers. You surprise me. Now, uh, moving on. So a lot of businesses are going to have to um, redefine how they work, aren't they? Their business model is going to have to change. Definitely. I think one of the things which will change massively is the amount of travel that people have done before uh, going to meetings and, and meeting uh, even prospective customers. But certainly when you have a dozen people in a meeting, which tends to be a mixture of public sector and lo- uh, local businesses, you know, we, I, I've spent lots of my time traveling across doing things with the local enterprise partnership. So I might go to Basingstoke for a meeting, then back to Guildford for a meeting, and then, you know, back into Wokington, my office. Whereas now we're all doing this online. None of those meetings have been cancelled or been lost in the, in the crisis. They're still happening. We're doing them online, and none of us are having to travel. So it's saving money, time, and also the environment to a degree. And, however, it's not doing much for the aviation industry, which we, uh, we think are pretty critical for where we live here. Well, one of the, the, there's two reasons why the aviation uh, sector is important in Surrey. One is, obviously, the number of people that are employed either within the airports or within the supply chains or the organisations that are associated with the airports. But the second reason is that if we don't have good infrastructure, good airports, good access to the rest of the world, our international trade will die. And international trade really is the only way we will ever get our economy back onto some kind of even footing. And there's always been barriers for people to to go into international trade activity. Now, they always feel that it's going to be different, difficult, and they'll need help. And, and, oh, it's just put on the too difficult pile. This is now going to put more barriers up to people exporting. And we are really, really keen to get the message out. From what we experience and see, those businesses that export, whether it's a product or a service, it isn't just products, it's services as well, but the ones that export have a higher rate of profitability than the other businesses. What it also does is bring money into the economy and balance out with the imports that obviously uh, we're all buying when we, you know, we choose to uh, purchase things from outside the UK. Having said that, I think we need to be a little bit more parochial and buy more local and sell global. That, that's going to be our motto going forward. Well, that sounds like a positive. And um, where, can, where can people find out more about um, Surrey Chambers? Well, they just need to go onto the internet, onto, onto our website, www.surrey-chambers.co.uk. And it's very easy to navigate our website. You can find out all the webinars that we're doing. We've got a coronavirus hub, which gives all the latest up-to-date information about the current situation. And there's all sorts of uh, information about the various 
advice and support that is available if you are a member of the Chamber. Louise, thank you very much indeed, and who knows, before long, we may actually be able to talk face-to-face. Take care. Thank you. Ian Pritchard brought you City Update on Brooklyn's Radio.